Welcome to another episode of Joe Weekly Podcast. We want to start this episode off like we do every other episode. Thank you. And show us some love. Go to our listener support. Send 99 cents a month. $4.99 a month. Cancel it after one month. Go to my cash app. Send a dollar donation. Anything you can to help us keep this podcast going. I really love doing it. I really enjoy doing it. I'd love to see it grow. I'd love to get better at it to where someone feels like it's the content is there. I'm working on that. I hope it gets better. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, or just reach, if you can't support us uh, with any financial donation, reach out to us on Instagram, uh, Twitter, email us, doughweeklypodcast at gmail.com. Let us know you're listening. I want to know, I don't have a big audience, but I feel like I've got some that are very supportive. I'd like to know who you are. Reach out to me. Reach out to me on Instagram. It's Jeremy Pell, Duh Weekly Podcast, or on Twitter at Duh Weekly Podcast. Or like I said, send me an email at Podcast at gmail.com. But we do thank you. And you know, I sit and I wonder... And I'm doing this podcast outside, if you're wondering, for a little bit of weird background noise. I, it just, it's a beautiful day. It's a little warmer than normal for November. And I just wanted to do, do it outside. So I apologize if you can't hear or if some of the, the, the audio is bad. But it shouldn't be. It should be okay. But what makes a good podcast? What, what makes an entertaining podcast? I mean... I sit and listen to some, and I've listened for years to true crime podcasts and, and, and other podcasts, not just true crime, but the true crime garage and the Missing Mar Missing Mar Murray podcast is what got me started in listening to podcasts. And Missing Mara Murray got me into, that, that podcast got me into true crime. And the, the, not necessarily a fascination, but just wanting to know their stories and that led me to do, start doing the podcast and and just reading books love m william phelps he is like my idol m william phelps and paul holes are two of my idols in this industry or this business i also enjoy reading their books, their videos. Uh, I like Diane Diamond. I like Diane Manning. I like Aaron Moriarty. Keith Morrison. <laughs> Keith Morrison's voice, boy, I'm telling you. I could listen to him. Like I said, listen to him read a Green Eggs and Ham. But Mara Murray's case really got me interested in true crime and telling the story but you know you hear you know you got missing marmor that podcast was amazing you know they they were able to be close to the family to get to get like the real you know then they had the show on oxygen with uh maggie freeling and uh she's amazing too um and i I also love the the one of the earlier ones just the tipsters with Melissa, and I love her to death. She's such an amazing person. Such an amazing person. 
but you listen to different podcasts and you you know you have some that are really really popular and, and they do comedy almost in the beginning and or, or they do comedy throughout the thing and and hell I'm a funny guy but I just don't want to do comedy and I'm not saying that it's wrong obviously it's not people listen to the, sh- the shit they like crime junkie they don't do comedy they tell a story don't necessarily say interview or do any on the ground type stuff they just tell the story but the way they tell the story people love to listen to it so what makes a good content what makes a good podcast what makes it stand out to where it goes viral or it's something you can do for a living it's something that you can do you enjoy doing it it, it can put food on your table it can keep your lights on what do you need to do and I guess I feel like the answer is you need to be yourself and you need to be transparent and honest with what you're doing and what you're putting out there I do not edit anything I record it if like I have a weird noise at the end I'll crop it out but I record it on Anchor, and then I just put it to the world. I try to put a little music in between, a little, a little, you know, a little mystical uh, chime or a, a goat, a cow, an orchestra warm-up is what I start with normally, then the orchestra tension. I like that. But I want to make good content. And, you know, is it on the ground talking and getting in the trenches like some of these podcasts that solved cases? That's just amazing. You know, the Summer Wells case I talk, I've been talking about here some because it's close to where I'm from. But I, I'm not going to go run up their driveway and try to get one of them to talk to me. I just, uh, I'll talk to the neighbors. I, I've talked to neighbors and and people like that. I just, I guess, maybe that would be interesting. Maybe I need to go rush Candace and see what the hell she's got to say. I did see her the other day. First time I'd seen Candace Wells in months. You know, for a while, Candace was on YouTube. She's going skydiving. She's hanging out in the hotels. She's shit. She's living it up. Dawn's in jail. Fuck. Um, and then I didn't see her. And I'd always see her down at the local store, her and her mom be just having a grandioso time. Now, like I said in the past, I don't know how I would act, but I sure as hell know how I probably wouldn't, and it makes no sense to me. But something I do want to tell you is uh, there was some, uh, I don't know what group it was, and maybe you can look online and tell me and see who was searching in the area three days ago, but they were searching the field down from... uh, from Summer Wells, you know, Don Wells and Candace Wells' home. There's like six or eight people uh, in orange vests. I, I would assume it's a private group. Didn't look like law enforcement whatsoever. It looked like maybe a private group had come in from out of town. They looked like they might not be from from around. Just just by the way, the gentleman was standing in the road. He was, you know, he just he was just kind of being, you know, kind of offensive looking making sure nothing was coming after him. But uh, I just wonder, you know, because there's so many 
rumors or stories or this or that and you hear and you know you wonder just what happened and you really when you sit down and just at the end of the day if you're open-minded to the possibilities of anything could happen then you really just don't know what happened to summer wells the story we can say doesn't make any sense and we can probably say the last person that seen her is their story's a little off so there's some concern there i think some a reason to be concerned um and there's many cases in this area that i live, I live in i live in east tennessee near kingsport tennessee you know, and, and what people didn't realize is the county, you know, they talk about the road is, is a country road. It's in the middle of nowhere. And yes, it is. Their house is isolated. Yes, it is. But Hawkins County is, is a huge county. It might be like the third largest county in, in the state of Tennessee. It's somewhere. In, it's in the top five. I'd about, and I'm guessing, but Google it. See where, see where and how, what number Hawkins County is in the state of Tennessee. What what is it? What large is it? The largest county, fifth largest county, third largest county. I bet it's in the top five. But there's a lot of cases in this area. There's another case that I tried to cover, and it's the case of a missing uh, missing man. He was uh, I don't I don't have any of the information in front of me. Thirty-two, thirty-five. Uh, Jonathan. Lee Ellis. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you Google that name, you will absolutely find nothing. You will find a Facebook post, maybe an article from Johnson City Press or WCYB that's, you know, stating that, oh, they they found a remains. Maybe it was this, but, but it wasn't. There's nothing on the case. And I've done a small little episode about it. And uh, all I could do is basically... You know, his, his description, uh, his tattoos, uh, when someone's seen him last. But I, I dug through the Facebook a little bit. Um, and just to kind of see what was going on in his life. And you can't really get too much from that. You know, you can see he went missing in 2019. Uh, but I want you to Google it. And I'm going to do a follow-up episode on this. So this is kind of what I want to put out here now. If anybody has any information on the case, but on just Jonathan in in general, reach out to me. I want to talk to you. I want to know, because here's my questions. I know he went missing March 22nd, 2019. I know he went to rehab uh, in October of uh, 2018. I know he had had lunch with his mother sometime in November 2018. And then the next thing I know is I think his mother spoke to him sometime early March. And then confirmation of him missing last day being seen November or March 22nd, 2019. And just disappeared into thin air. Now we know that doesn't happen. But what I want to do is I want... To kind of, I want to shed a light on what was going on in his life, weeks up to a month before he went missing. Did you see those disappeared 
on ID, you know, and it's true. What happened? You know, what was going on the days or months or hours before such and such were missing? I want to know who's the last person to see him. I don't have this information. And I've looked and searched and looked and looked and looked, and I can find jack shit. I want to do an in-depth episode on Jonathan Lee Ellis missing from Johnson City, Tennessee, March 22nd, 2019. But I am going to do an episode, and it'll be next. And I'm going to give you all the information of what he was doing from what I can find on 2000, in 2018 on Facebook leading up to the last time his mother and family spoke to him. And, you know, just because someone may be going through a rough, rough patch, maybe they've, they've, they've come across and, and became addicted to something. And people need help. People need help. They're good people that make bad choices, and they need help. They need help. So if in the next week, if you're listening and hearing this and you have any information, and it doesn't need to be just directly on the disappearance, if you have any information about Jonathan Lee Ellis, email me at D-U-H-W-E-E-K-L-Y-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. That is the weekly podcast at gmail.com. Um, and like I said, I want to do, um, I want some more information on this case. Put some, sh- let's shine a light on this case. Let this family deserve some answers. This family is a good family they Jonathan Ellis was a good person he needs to be found and some light needs to be shed on the on the story so I'm going to do the episode in about a week please reach out to me if you want to come on do an interview tell your story if you want to remain anonymous whatever that's fine reach out to me please reach out to me Instagram Twitter email I don't care and then I can give you my phone number we can talk and go from there but i want to do an episode and i need some more information so please reach out <clears throat> so anyway this week's been uh, pretty interesting and information that's come up on on some real 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 big real big true crime cases that may have a resolution and we're very very thankful for that so we're going to take a quick break you're going to hear from my sponsors and which are none, but by God, we're going to get some. We're going to get some. If you want me to put you on the, on the podcast, we will do a 30-second spot. Every 30-second spot right now is very reasonable. Reach out. If you want us to give a shout-out to somebody, uh, if you want to information out there, 30-second spot is very, 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 very reasonable. Very cheap, actually, because... Like I said, we're just a small show, but we're hoping to grow and to uh, to do. Just want to do better. Want want to do better. And that's up to you guys, and I hope you like it. And I just want people to. I just want to be as honest as I can. I want to be as respectful as I can. I want to tell the story in a creative, entertaining yes way. I want. To shed light on stories i want to tell stories i want to even if it's just to entertain your drive home i want to be 
entertaining. I want to I want to work on it. If you got any suggestions, I'm all open to. I'm always learning. I'm always wanting to get better. And uh, I just thank you guys, the ones that listen. I really, really do. But I'd really like to know who you are. Just a few of you, just to know who who's listening. You know, because you see the numbers, but you don't really have a face to the numbers or a name or just you know give us a give us a holler or something. We do appreciate it. So when I come back. I'm going to talk about the Delphi murders. I'm going to talk about Aaron Carter. And hell, I might end it with a joke. Works for others. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. We're back. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for coming back with us. So the Delphi murders, uh, five years ago, uh, day before Valentine's, and everybody knows this case. Libby German, 14, Abigail Williams, 13, uh, were at the Monon High Bridge. Uh, they were out uh, walking some trails. Uh, they had the day off from school. It was a, a warmer, prettier day. They wanted to spend the day there. They were dropped off by the sister. Uh, and going to be picked up by their father later that afternoon. Uh, they're seen on Instagram with pictures of the bridge. And the Monon High Bridge is freaking scary as shit, man. I'm telling you right now, I'm not stepping foot on or near this bridge. And I would, I just would be terrified to be there. So I know it was a place that it, you can't just easily walk across this bridge. So... It's not like I'm gonna stroll to one side, stroll to the other. You're gonna have some some man come running at. This, this bridge is is terrible, um, and 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 you know that the very little information had come out. You know they come out with a sketch, then they change the sketch to have two sketches basically that look totally different. Uh, you know the, the some people say that the the the, the scene was was gruesome, but anyway, so. The dad comes to pick them up. They're not there. Uh, makes some calls, looks around, calls the phone, calls the phone. Nothing, nothing. It gets the town, the, the, the you know police involved. They're out looking. It gets dark. They they find their bodies, and they. It is said that the the scene was gruesome. The bodies were staged or posed, and it was uh, it was horrendous. Well, they find one of the girl's cell phones, and on the phone she was able to take a picture of a man, and they, you know, call him Bridge Man, and everybody's seen his picture. And then come to find out, they have a forty-some second video or audio clip uh, of of the the killer telling him to go down the hill. And I don't know what all said on it, but we've we've heard just very very short short snippets of the of the audio, and. They just now made an arrest in that case. Richard Allen, 50 years old, CVS, pharmacy tech slash worker manager, night manager. Uh, he he had, you know made photos for the families, and no one really knows the extent. But I guarantee, DNA was at the scene, and you'll I will almost guarantee that familial DNA is what caught this man. They had DNA. They searched it, found 14,000 different distant cousins, and tracked it back to this clown. And there's pictures of this man with, 
with the sketches in the background and, and just different things. And who knows what goes through somebody's mind. You know, they don't have a criminal. He doesn't have a criminal record. He's, you know, supposed to be just a normal guy in the community. But you don't know what in the hell is going on with somebody, who they are and what they are, to be perfectly honest. So I hope, I hope that this is something that can give the family some kind of peace that this is the man that done it, they have the right guy, and this is the uh, this is the, the 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 path that leads to a proper conviction, and and some type I don't I don't like to use the word closure, some type of justice for this family and these young girls. But I feel like the familial DNA that oh my God I mean, for you true crime uh, people out there that love to to follow some of the big cases. Golden State, the Golden State Killer, was that not amazing how that whole thing played out that you had Michelle McNamara come out with the book and, and of course she passes away suddenly and, and of course you got Paul Holes on that case there too and, and, and through familial DNA they finally catch the Golden State Killer and I feel like that's what's happened in this case. These girls will hopefully get some justice and We'll, as, as more information comes out, we'll share it. But there's, there's just not a lot of information out there now. But familial DNA is, is a tricky thing because you you look at at privacy and, you know, are you giving the right to somebody? I mean, because they're actually going through your cousin, to, you know. And it's it's I don't know how the courts have uh, obviously the courts have held up in court things like that. But that is going to be a game changer, <laughs> in crime because not only now. Is DNA has gotcha, even if you ain't gotcha DNA in the system, by God. So that's going to be hopefully in the back of every criminal's mind as they go out there and they're going to commit this heinous crime. Like, whoa, wait a minute. I bet my cousin Benny's uploaded his shit to Jed Match. Just a big break in, in, in forensics and just the way that people can, can solve crimes. It's amazing. You know, I feel like that another case that will be solved by familial DNA is going to be John Benet Ramsey. They have DNA in that case. Test that DNA. Find that son of a bitch's cousin and lock him up. But I think that case will be solved in the next couple of years. You know, um, but I'm glad to see that there is some some movement in the Delphi murder case. Big, big, big case. Um, another big. Uh, um, newsworthy mention that's been you know going around for the last couple of days is Aaron Carter if you don't know who Aaron Carter is he is a, a pop star that you know gained fame years ago as a child and his brother's Nick Carter with the Backstreet Boys but the poor guy had battled with addiction and was in terrible terrible shape really I mean if you listen to anything he said here recently I listened to him do an interview on uh, No Jumper shout out to No Jumper Give me some love, No Jumper. Great podcast. Love what you're doing. Uh, some of the content I don't listen to, but most of it I do. Uh, he started out just doing rap type music type, but he really has kind of broadened out to do some different uh, some different stuff here lately. But he done an interview with Aaron Carter, and uh, he was drinking lean. He's you know on Xanax, different medication. And you could just tell by, by his voice and his tone how he was talking that he was just really messed up. And my heart goes out to, to him him and his family. It's just terrible. They found him 
drowned, basically. The housekeeper found him drowned, found him in the bathtub, he had drowned. Uh, at first, you know, of course, homicide detectives had come in, maybe foul play, but it just recently come out that basically he had been, you know, there's there's evidence of, of uh, like whip it, like duster, inhaler type stuff, and various pills, and so it sounds like another tragic, tragic overdose case of some kind, uh, and that's that's real. It's real. It is. It's a real, real problem, and our hearts go out to the family, and we just hate to hear that. Um, but I was glad to hear about uh, the the Delphi, the Delphi arrest. That was to me just. They're going to solve some of these crimes, folks. And some of these older crimes, maybe, that they thought were not able to be solved, will be solved through familial DNA. Like I said, John Bonet, I think, is another one. They have the DNA, run the DNA, and, and find this guy's distant relative. Find him. See who he is. Bring him to justice. But uh, I appreciate you guys listening to this episode. Uh, I just kind of wanted to give a rundown on on what we're working on and what we're doing. Wanted to give a little update on the Summer Wells case with the fact that there had been some people out searching and Candace had made uh, an appearance. She hadn't been seen in months, but she is, uh, she is moving about now. We're going to try to get some more information on that case. And we're going to do the Jonathan Jonathan Lee Ellis case. I want some information on that case, folks. Reach out to me. If you know anything about him or what was going on, just in general, around the time he disappeared or before, reach out to us and let us know. And let us know what you think about the Delphi case and the new information there with uh, the arrest of Richard Allen, 50 years old, CVS worker. Right there in the middle of town, guys. He was right there under their nose the whole time. And they probably knew more. Obviously, they knew more than what they were letting out and what they were telling us. And, uh, they, and that's always the case because you don't want, you know why. You don't want, you want to be able to take someone if they come up and if they're arrested. And if, you know, they start to give you information, you want to be able to check that information to see how credible they are, if they're telling the truth, if they're just trying to get uh, notoriety and, and, and take credit for a crime, which makes no sense. But people do crazy stuff. Um, so obviously they've had more information, but I do believe that you, and I could be wrong, but I do believe that familial DNA will be, will come out and you'll see there's one of the ways that they track this gentleman down is right there under their nose the whole time. But reach out to us and let us know uh, if there's a case you might want to be covered, a story. Uh, you know, we've talked about Jack the Ripper. We've talked about Golden State. We've talked about the Jennings 8, uh, Black Dahlia. Um, I've been trying to keep it kind of local to some of the stuff that I might be able to have some access to some people. So we're probably going to continue on telling you some information about the Summer Wells case. You know, maybe some stuff we can get that nobody else can from somebody around, uh, a conversation or you know, some information or even a rumor of some kind, I'll put it out there. Uh, you know, like I said, sometimes we're speculating on things, but I think by getting some information out 
and opening it up and saying, maybe it's this, maybe it's this, maybe it's this, look at this, look at, and looking at different angles of the case, I think that, that uh, that's not a bad thing. We're not necessarily passing judgment on somebody or giving our opinion and jumping to conclusions. We're just saying, hey, look at this. Uh, look at it from this way, but what about this way? And having an open conversation uh, about it. You know, obviously, you don't know exactly what's happened. You don't know how you would react. You don't know anything, really, until it happens to you. So do you really want to just come down on somebody so hard when you don't really know how you would act if, you know, if you did have to walk a step or two in their shoes? So, I mean, that's kind of how I like to look at it or kind of like to approach it. But then again, some things are just just shady. They don't make any sense. So that's where we're at right now. So we want to still keep digging on the Summer Wells case. Uh, I will be talking to Don whenever he gets out of jail because I, I have had a short conversation with Don Wells the day after Summer went missing. To me, strange conversation, but maybe not to him. But we want to reach out to him again. We, we, we are going to dig a little bit on Jonathan Ellis's case. I feel like that case, I feel like a little bit more information about that case needs to be brought to light. We need to talk about that, that story just a little bit more. So put it out there on your social media. Google it. Uh, put it out there on your Twitter, your Instagram. Show, show some love to Jonathan Lee Ellis. Um... Of course, we want to talk about, like I said, we want to just give a little tidbit of information there about the Delphi murders. And that's really all, you know, I, I listened to Nancy Grace the other night and them speculating, I guess, just like I am here. And it was just the craziest shit they talk about. I mean, they can make a whole show out of a little of nothing and it's amazing. Shout out to Nancy Grace. Give me, you know, maybe she'll give me one back. I doubt it. But I love what I do. I love telling these stories. I love reaching out to you guys and you guys listening and, and enjoying it. It makes me happy. It really does. But uh, reach out to us. Let us know you're there. We love you. We thank you. I appreciate the shit out of it. So next week, a little bit in, a little bit dive, a little bit of a deep dive or deeper dive or shallow dive because there's no information on Jonathan Lee Ellis. We dove into his Facebook a little bit and let me tell you what I found. You reach out to me and tell me what you know. We'll put it together and we'll have a hell of an episode next week. Thank you guys for listening. This is another episode of The Weekly Podcast.